all this pain, God. I just want to be where you are, God. Church, would you lay it down at the feet of Jesus right now? There's nothing like your love. It is your love that heals me. It is your love that restores me. It is your love that brings me back to where I need to be. Lay it all down. unconditionally who can say that nobody can except for our father God who sent his only begotten son his precious and best gift to undeserving humans like you and I we don't merit it we can't earn it but God because of this the way he showed us his love he lavished us with his love and gave us Jesus the Savior of our soul the one who laid down his life to carry our burdens today church surrender it and say God I let it go and I receive your unconditional love for me come on pull it down say Lord I receive it with this act with this sign with this motion God, I receive it. I pull it into my heart. I just want to be near you, God. 
thank you, Jesus, for coming to us. Thank you, Jesus, for not being distant, but you made a way. So we give ourselves to you, God. Father, I pray that every single one will have a fresh encounter with you today, a fresh revelation of your love. If that's you, just place your hand on your heart and say, God, I want a fresh encounter with you this morning. Fresh revelation of who you are. Because knowing who you are makes me known who I am. I am your child. Come on, declare it. I'm the king's kid. Come on. With authority, I'm the king's kid. I belong here in God's house. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Can we give a clap to Jesus? Come on. Just turn around and look at three people and give them some air high fives right about now. And say, you belong here. Before we go into the message, I want to show you a short video of what it would look like if the story of the prodigal son, which we've been looking at last week, if we were to do that, if you were to see that story now. Take a look. Try to spare me from your pain. You think that you're the one to fix it. i 
Welcome to Next Level Church. I wonder how many of us teared up and how many of us could relate really to what is going on in the story of the prodigal son, which we started looking at uh, last week. And we're on this series called Welcome Home. So I want to say welcome home to Next Level Church. Yeah. Yeah, I love an interactive crowd. It is always a privilege and an honor to be with you. I am Pastor Deshaun, and together with my wife, Pastor Michelle, we get the awesome privilege of being part of this church, and we're so glad that you're here. No matter through what you've done, you belong here. I don't know what you've done this week or all your life, but I want to tell you that Jesus is proud of you, that you are here. We are imperfect people who are running after a perfect God. I want to ask you, first of all, how is your relationship with Heavenly Father? How do you relate to your Heavenly Father? Do you look at Him as an angry God? Do you look at him through the filters of your earthly father? If you were to come to, over to our house, I would show you some of the drawings that my kids did of me. And I can tell you, they like to make their dad look good, you know? Slim, tall, handsome. I love it. It's cute. But it's not really a, a representation of uh, the COVID-20. That stands for the 20 pounds that I gained over COVID. But what does God look to you in your imagination? Does He look at you with a look of disappointment? Does God look at you with a look of, I'm fed up. How many times are you going to keep doing this, this, and this? How do you picture Heavenly Father? What do you think Heavenly Father thinks of you? Is He frustrated with you? See, the problem is we have an inaccurate picture of Heavenly Father. And because of that inaccurate picture, it damages the way we live. Every part of our life is affected and damaged because we have a wrong picture of our Heavenly Father. Many of us have heard about the grace of God and the mercy of God and the unconditional love of God. But it's all head knowledge. But today I'm truly believing that if you would open up your heart, God wants to encounter you and reveal Himself in a tangible way. Do you want that? I want that. Not just hear about it, actually encounter the presence of God and the power of God. But why is it that we doubt God? Why is it? Is it because of our failures? Is it because of our sin? Is it because of the wrong things we said or done? And we think to ourselves, man, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have done that. And we've all got our reasons, like this prodigal son. We've all got our reasons why we think we're not acceptable or presentable in front of God. And we tell ourselves, we criticize ourselves, we say, 
man, I, I, I should know better. Now, now, by now, I should be over these sins. And we think God is fed up with us. I'm here to tell you, check this, God's grace is for you right now. Whether you are a new follower of, of Jesus or you've been born and baptized and, and, and received the gift of the Spirit and you walked away, whatever it is, the grace of God is for you right now. God's unconditional love is for you right now. Can you say amen? No matter your failures, His grace is for you right now. Come on, say it with me, right now. His mercy is for you right now. You have access and the gift of unconditional love is for you right now. If we truly understand His grace and His mercy and we actually accept it, we would live a life with less fear, with less anxiety, with less frustration, with less anger issues because you would know who God is. You would know that you're never alone. You would know that this amazing God never abandons you. That this amazing God's love for you is greater than, a, than your mother's love. That it's closer than a brother's love. If you would truly know who God is. And it's not just something cute that we talk about. This is the reality that we're invited into. If you really thought, if you really understood what the Father thinks of you, what others think of you wouldn't matter. We're so consumed with, oh, what, what do people say about us? What are, what are the comments? Sometimes you get them comments online or your friends send you a text message and it destroys you. Or even a stranger might make a comment and then you're like really hurt. But if you would truly understand what the Father thought of you, other people's opinions wouldn't bother you so much. And today, I want us to explore a little bit deeper who our Heavenly Father is. When you mess up, when you, when you try to figure out what does my Heavenly Father think of me, what is he, how does He respond to me? And if our response and our, and our visuals of our Heavenly Father doesn't match with the that we've been studying since last week, Luke 15, then it's not the truth. We need to start disciplining our thoughts. We need to start disciplining our feelings and match it with the Word of God. We got to stop focusing on the lies of the enemy and start focusing on the truth of God so that we can get a better picture of our Heavenly Father. You good with that? So I'm only going to be in Luke 15 so you can open up your Bible apps or your Bibles and your notebooks. We're going to stick there for today. Jesus in this chapter, he, he's talking to, and there's a groups of people there and there's a bunch of people that are religious leaders and they know the first five books of the Bible, the Torah we call it, and they know it by heart. And so Jesus is giving them an illustration of how we should picture him. Many of you know the story of the prodigal son. We call it prodigal son, but it's really a father who has two sons and the youngest one gets this genius idea I'm going to ask my dad for everything that is my inheritance, basically the father's one-third of his property. Dad, give it to me. I wish you were dead. Let me go live it up because uh, um, I don't want to stay here. So he goes on and he, as you saw in the video, he starts wasting and squandering, the Bible says, squandering his money in unrighteous living. 
and he hits rock bottom. At his lowest, he has this thought, I wonder if I go back to my dad's house, if life would be better. So the son realizes, I am separated from my father. I need to go back. But the truth is, my dad is not going to let me back. I'm not going to be allowed to go back in my house. I, 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 my family probably disowns me. They will not gonna, they're not going to accept me. After everything I've done, I messed up so bad. I wonder if there are places and areas in your life that you feel like I messed up too bad. That's how the son felt. But he has an incorrect view of the Heavenly Father, just like how we do sometimes. So here the son thinks, I'm not worthy. Maybe I can become one of the servants. Again, here we see that he has a distorted view of the Father. So he heads home. So let's go to verse 20. Let's see how the Father receives him in verse 20. Luke chapter 15, verse 20. So the young man, the young son, set off for home from a long distance away. Can you say that? A long distance away. His father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up. Can you say compassion swelled up? In his heart. I love it. Thank you. Oh, there's some energy coming now. Okay, I can preach better now. In his heart uh, for his son who was returning home. The father raced out to meet him. Can you say raced out to meet him? Swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. I'm going to pray. Join with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you, will re you would reveal Jesus to us. Reveal the unconditional love Father God has for us. Help us know who we are in you. Come and move in this place, God. Remove every distractions. Help our hearts and our minds and our ears be tuned to what you want to speak into our lives today. And God, help me as well. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to break this down. Number one, we see that while the son was coming home, point number one, a long distance away. I want to talk about that just for a second. The father saw him a long distance away. How can you see somebody a long distance away? Unless you're looking for them. The father wasn't sitting in his late boy chair, smoking his cigar or whatever, and, and talking a big talk and, 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 and a fake talk and be like, this boy, I know him. He's going to blow the money and he's going to come back. Watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him some five-fold ministries and go Old Testament on him. The father was looking for him. And that's why he saw him while the son was a long distance away. He was constantly scanning the horizon. Could this be the day that my son comes home? And we see that the father never gave up on him. The, the father never stopped loving him. The father never stopped hoping that his son would come home. That today might be the day. He saw him a long distance away because he was looking. He never gave up. I want to tell you, church, God is looking for you to come home. God never, he has never given up on you. He's never stopped hoping for you to come closer to him. Now the son probably thought, man, if I go back for sure, my dad's going to be so angry and he's going to give me the silent treatment and he's going to tell me I told you so. And, and you and I, we start assuming 
how God is going to react to when we mess up. And, and this son blew, he destroyed everything that the father worked, worked so hard. And some of us, I don't know what, what kind of dad you, I, I have an amazing dad. But maybe you grew up having a distant dad. Or maybe you didn't have a dad. Or maybe you had an abusive dad. Or maybe you had a dad that was there but not really there. Even if we have amazing dads and, perfect, and wonderful dads, they are still human. They are still flawed. They make mistakes, many mistakes, including myself. Only when I became a dad, I understood what a difficult job it is to be a dad. Amen? My parents used to tell me, when you grow up and become a parent, you'll understand. I'm like, yeah, right. I know everything. I'm 16. I know I'm independent. But I make mistakes. Only our Heavenly Father is the perfect dad. Don't allow the bad experiences that you've had growing up with the mistakes that your earthly dad made. Don't let that filter the way you see your Heavenly Father. Because that will damage areas of your life. Our only perfect father is our Heavenly Father. Amen? He's the only one who can love us perfectly. Nobody else can love us perfectly. And so today, if you have to come home for the first time or the thousandth time, Heavenly Father is looking for you. And He wants to welcome you home. He's looking over the horizon. He's saying, I can't wait to have my child come back. Could this be the day that my son comes back? Because I've never given up on my child. And he says, son, daughter, you cannot lose my love even if you try. That's the heavenly father you have. Don't feel like an orphan because of whatever happened to your earthly dad. Know that perfect God, the perfect heavenly father, is there with his arms open wide. And he's always there with you and for you. It is us who run away from him. Number two. When the father saw the compassion swelled up. We have a heavenly father who laughs when we laugh. And cries when we cry. When we think about the story of Lazarus. Lazarus died. And his sisters are, are, are weeping. They're crying. What did Jesus do? Shortest verse in the Bible ever. If you want to memorize the scripture, that's the one for today. <laughs> you can go out of church and when you go on your date, you can impress your date and be like, yeah, I'll be memorizing scripture. Like that's what we do at church. Jesus wept. Amen. Did Jesus know what was going to happen? Yes. He knew the outcome of Lazarus is not going to be death. He's going to bring Lazarus back to life. But Jesus wept. Why did he weep? Because he was compassionate. In that moment, what the sisters were feeling, they lost their beloved brother. They're weeping. Jesus doesn't come in like, get over it. I'm going to do something. He wept. In the moment that you're weeping, you're crying, your heart is broken, you're disappointed. Betrayed. And you're crying. Our Heavenly Father is not pointing fingers and be like, come on, clean yourself up. But He comes into our circumstance. He comes into our situation. He embraces us. He's given us the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to comfort us in our time of pain and our, and, and our brokenness. Although He knows the outcome. 
And if I, if I can be a little extra honest with you, earlier this year, yes, I know everybody struggled with COVID, but we faced something that we never imagined. Two, two of our children had to go through significant surgeries at the start of the year. As parents, do we know that they're going to be okay? Yes, we had faith in God and we prayed and, and we knew that our, our kids are resilient. They're going to come through. They're going to recover. But you know how much we cried? I took one child. Pastor M took the other child. And this is their story, so I'm not going to give extra details. But I just want to tell you, as a dad, I cried so much. Although I knew God blessed us with these children, although I knew God is going to come through, we prayed for a miracle, but we didn't see the miracle the way we expected. They still had to go through the surgeries. We know God will help them to get back to normal and, and, and do everything that they need to do. But as a dad, I cried so much. I, I, I'm preparing my, my child and, and the nurses and doctors are coming and, and I'm trying to be strong for him and I'm trying to, I held back my tears. Although I knew the outcome, that he was gonna be okay. That's the compassion God has for you. He's not a bully. He's not a, he's not a controlling God. He has given you free will to freely choose Him, to freely love Him. But many of us, we say we love God and we just run around, do our thing in the, during the weekday. We don't spend time with Him. He's a compassionate God. He loves you. He cries when you cry. He laughs when you laugh. Compassion swelled up Jesus wept although he his solution for our problem although he knew he could make things better in the moment that you're in Jesus can relate and he can feel your pain so in the middle of your mess in the middle of your discouragement we feel hopeless but God is crying with us although God knows how things are going to turn out. God wasn't surprised. He wasn't stressed at your crisis. He knows how he's going to use even your pain, how he's going to turn everything around for your good because he loves you and you love him. Amen? Do you know the difference between love and like? You can love, you can love somebody, but you don't have to like them. Like, how many, you, how many of you love your family members but don't like them? Okay, God loves me. Okay, all right, I get it. God loves me. But many of us think that God doesn't like us. That God wouldn't want to hang out with us. That God wouldn't want to speak to us. That's only for other people. That God wouldn't answer our prayer. That's just for those holy people. Do you know that God loves you and likes you? You are the apple of his eye. He's not fed up with you. He's the father who hurts when you hurt. He likes you. He likes to spend time with you. So we got to start looking at God in a correct way, in a biblical way. And, and, and let go of the wrong ways that we've been looking at God. Because he's the only perfect dad. Alright, next part. Raced out to meet him. The father raced out to meet him. So in, like I said, Jesus is telling the story... And, and a bunch of people listening, they are Pharisees. They are expert in the law. They know the first five books by heart. And they know that if a son was to do this, bring this kind of shame to the family, take the, uh, uh, 
and go, then th there's going to be consequence for that. You just don't do that to a Jewish triarch, especially a man who has property and respect. Back in, the, in those times, men don't run. Men don't lift up their, their gowns and run. This father raced out to meet culture, the women and children would run. But it would be such an undignified thing for a Jewish patriarch father to lift his gown and, and show his legs and run. That's considered humiliating. But Jesus illustrated a point here and he's saying that the father ran with joy and the father ran with uh, intention to protect the son. Because he knew what was going to happen when the son is coming back. The father knew that if he doesn't run to his son, then people in the village, they will, they will gather together and they will beat him up and, and stone him to death. Because that's what the law says. But what happened is that when he got to his son, we know what was happening during uh, the running. There was intention. The father had intention for running. He didn't just aimlessly run. But there was a purpose for him running. So, some of us Christians, we, we, we get lukewarm. We, we, we sing the songs. We show up to his church. We do stuff, churchy stuff. But we don't actually spend time with God. And, and maybe that's because we have this issue that God doesn't want me. I've messed up again. But here we see that, that we need to understand Heavenly Father in a new light. This son has done the worst thing imaginable. But the father runs to him with joy. I wonder what would happen when you're at your lowest. Instead of beating yourself up, you would actually look to Heavenly Father for who he truly is. He's not an angry dad. But he's a... Father who's running to you with joy, with a big smile on his face. On your worst mistake, that's how God is running to you. With arms open, full of joy. If you can see God like that, it'll change your life. If you start seeing God for the Heavenly Father, for the loving Father that He is, it'll change your life. So, with joy, He's running. Protect. It says, swept Him up in His arms, hugged Him dearly because if the father didn't do that they would have killed the son according to the law because the son would have never been allowed to come back now we see in this part here that because the father knew that he had to be the first one to get to his son in other words the father is saying I'm not gonna let my son face the punishment that comes from the law. I'm not going to let him experience what the law says should happen. I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm going to make a way for him. I'm going to provide a way for him to escape what the law says should happen. I'm going to make a way for him to be forgiven. Jesus is foreshadowing what he's about to do for us. Because you and I deserve punishment and hell and death. But Jesus doesn't want us to face the law. He wants us to face the grace and receive the grace and the unconditional love that he has for us he has made a way for us to be forgiven hallelujah to be made right before him 
So, so he runs to his son and throws his arms around him. And the father's making a point to everybody who's listening and watching. Hey, you want to you wanna hurt my kid? You have to go through me. That's what Heavenly Father says to you. His protection is over you. He's, his eyes are over you. He's not going to allow the enemy to destroy your life. And that's why Jesus laid down his life so that we can live. Undeserved, merited favor. Second part of that, next part of that verse says, And kissed him over and over with tender love. This is that deep love on us. It'll change the way we relate to him. With a hug, with a kiss, he's carrying his son. The son is not just tolerated. The son is not just loved, but he's liked. He's welcomed home. He's wanted. Verse 21. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. So, just like you and I, we come up with all these reasons why we are not lovable. Why God wouldn't want us. But I want to tell you that Jesus and Next Level Church, we are rolling out the red carpet for all those who don't think they belong. Amen? You are welcomed here. You belong here. Verse 22. But his father said to his servants, quick, everybody say quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. If you're vegetarian or vegan, just you can just close your eyes for that verse. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. Let's party. First part, he says, quick, quick, the time is now. This is right now. Not when the son cleans up and makes himself acceptable, but the father says, quick, right now. Get the robe, get the ring, get the Reebok pumps. Let's go right now. Get the steak. Quick. No, no, no Beyond Meat burger here. The steak, the fatted calf. You know the fatted calf, you only do that when there's a huge feast. Many people in that time, they lived and never tasted the fatted calf. Because that was a very special delicacy. So you may feel distance from God today. Maybe... It's on purpose, like we saw last week. Maybe it's because of sin. Maybe you've drifted over weeks and months and years. But God is saying, right now. I want you home today. Right now. Check this. Distance may happen over years. But forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration with the Father is instantaneous. Maybe you took years running away from God. But God can bring you back to restoration in a moment. Hallelujah. Can we give God some praise right now? Right now. Quick. Get the robe, get the ring, get the Jordans. Finest robe. So let's just break it down. Finest robe. This is not just some random secondhand robe. This is the Father's robe. So maybe you have guilt, you have shame. And that's why you're making excuses to be a servant. But, but, but that's why you feel like you cannot accept God's love. So here the father says, my robe, I'm going to put on you. You know why? That is to signify his righteousness. 
And as we were discussing in our group chat, all our works is filthy rags. But it's His righteousness. When you put on His righteousness, you can stand tall. You can stand strong. You're not perfectly clean. You're perfect in God's sight. And this is what Heavenly Father offers to us. And this is what He says to us. And this is what Jesus did on the cross. When you repent of your sins and you humble yourself and you welcome Jesus into your heart to cleanse you, you are purified from all unrighteousness. This is available to every single one of you. Not just me on the stage or for the team. For you. Right now. Instantaneously. That's the role. You are not what you've done. Many of you are living your life beating yourself over what you've done a long time ago. Life has changed, but you're ruining your present living in the past. You are not what you did. You are his child. You are the king's kid. And you are the heir to his throne. Amen? And you're perfectly righteous. No matter who comes to accuse you, once you repent and surrender your life to Christ, you are blameless in the sight of God because you belong in his house. Second thing, the ring before I wrap up. The ring is a, is a signet ring. It's a family crest. It's a sign of authority. In other words, the father is saying, you don't earn back my love. You don't earn back my trust. You work your way up into my house. It's yours. It's free. That's what grace is. The ring. Because of his power, you have full authority in his house. Get the ring. Sandals. So servants don't get sandals. Servants work in the field and they go far away to stay and then they come back to the house to work. But the father gives him sandals. So the son is not considered a, a servant. Father God is saying, my love for you is not based on your performance. How many of us try to earn other people's love and God's love and acceptance by our performance? Your value doesn't come from your performance. Your value comes from Him. And He says, you are loved, you are accepted, you are forgiven, you are His. It's because of who He is. You know who you are. You're His child. Don't ever forget it. When tough times come, don't forget it. So the dad says, servant. Slap on the most fanciest Jordans on my boy right now. And lastly, fattened calf. Pastor, Pastor M didn't want to, next slide. She didn't want to put any pictures of animals. No animals were harmed during the preparation of this message. She wanted to keep it nice and friendly for our vegetarian and vegan friends. He's like, bring the juiciest steak. This is the story Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, when there's a party, bring the juiciest steak. I'm like, hey, if Jesus said it, I got to do it. It's an epic party. Father God, the, the, the Father is saying, hey, I'm not going to let you just sneak in, just tiptoe your way in, back in the house and let it be a secret. No. He's like, I want everybody to know that my child is back. Let's have a party. My son was lost. Now he is found. And you can come in here. You don't have to work your way up. You are accepted. We're going to party. And you're the man of the hour. You're the guest of honor. Welcome home, son. And as I wrap up, I want to ask you two questions. And worship team, you can come up. Maybe you're a Christ follower for many years. But you're struggling accepting 
that God loves you unconditionally. Maybe you're in the church, maybe you serve in the teams, but you have this hard time with the value issue, with the worth issue. And you come up with many reasons as to why God wouldn't want you. You have a hard time coming to the Father, receiving His love. Like the prodigal son. You don't feel worthy. You don't feel lovable. Let's stand together. All eyes closed as we stand together. I want you to respond and I'm going to pray. If you have a hard time receiving God's love. If you have a hard time believing that you are valuable. If you have a hard time accepting that, there, that you have a future, that God has a plan, that there's a purpose for your life. If you have a hard time with your self-esteem, if you feel like you messed up too much, all eyes closed, I want you to put your hand up because I want to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand up. I also want to give an invitation that if you walked away from God, or you never gave your heart to Jesus, but you know the Holy Spirit is, is, is knocking at the door of your heart. Jesus is, is saying, hey, son, daughter, I love you just as you are. Let me in. If you've never made that decision to allow Jesus into your heart, or if you want to come back home, today is the day to do that. And if that's you on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. All eyes closed. One, Jesus died for your sins. He washed you by his precious blood if you would allow him. Two, the Bible says that if you would confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, the Father God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. And three, right now, today is the day of salvation. Right now, put your hand up if you want to make a decision for Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Yeah, worship team, start playing something. I want to pray. So those of you who are making a decision to welcome Jesus into your heart, let's all pray together right now. All right. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I surrender myself to you. I believe you are God. That you died for my sins. Wash me by your precious blood. Fill me by your Holy Spirit. I am yours. In Jesus' name. Now I want to pray for those who put their hands up first. Those of you who are struggling with your worth and receiving God's love, I'm going to pray for you. Put your hand on your heart. Let's pray. Father, I give every single one in this place, including myself, those of us who are struggling with identity. Lord, I pray for those of us who have a hard time receiving your love. Lord, I thank you for the reminder today, God, that we're never too far away. That there's nothing that we can do to lose your love. God, help us to receive it today. Your unconditional love is ours. Come on, declare it with me. Lord, your unconditional love is mine. I am valued. I am loved. I am accepted. I am forgiven because of Jesus. Help me to walk as the child of the King. I belong here. I am home in your house. Yes, God. Father, change the areas of my life that I've given into lies of the enemy. 
Lord, I thank you because you are victorious. That makes me victorious. Change my mindset. Help me to renew my mind. Help me to walk with you every day. Lord, I thank you for liking me, for wanting to spend time with me. Help me, God, to remove every distractions and to give you time every day so I can hear from you, so I can just hang out with you, so that I can become the child that you want me to be. Because my life has a purpose. I'm better in the kingdom of God. Come on, everybody. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me. I am yours. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give a clap to Jesus. After the service, don't just walk away. We gather together here as a church. It's a gathering when we come together. But we are the church during the week. You are a missionary. You are an evangelist. Everywhere you go, at your workplace, at your school, in the store, in your home, you are an evangelist, you are a missionary. We come together, we gather, but on the weekdays, we are walking as the head. What you have to offer matters, and you cannot do life alone. You need a family where you get planted and rooted and loved. So if you haven't considered, I want to invite you to consider to be checking out our connect groups. There's four connect groups. It will be on our website, in our Instagram, Next Level GTA. And just plug in. Sign up for all the connect groups. And then pick one after. You might not like some of them. But you might end up loving one of them. So that's my encouragement. Sundays, we come together to celebrate and worship. But you need a lifeline. You need encouragement during the week. Can you go on just by eating once a week? No. It's going to be COVID-21. We're going to... We need food. So no matter what, give priority to God. Because He likes you. And He loves you. And He wants you to be part of this family. Amen? Let's worship God together. Oh, 
what you have started in us. Yes and amen. Yeah, wow, we are done. Give it up for the worship team one more time, everybody. Yes, everybody had fun. It was so great seeing you all. I hope to meet um, some of the new people after service. Please make sure to go to our uh, next steps banner over there to get plugged in, as Pastor Dean said. What a message. Wow, what a timely message. Well, Needed, I needed to hear that. Thank you so much, Pastor Deshan. Always so, so good. So thank you so much, everyone, for coming. And I hope to see you next week. This is MC Michelle signing off. And remember to grab a box. Remember to grab a box and bring it back on November 14th. And I'll see you next week. Yes, the box. Yes, the lovely box. All right. Make sure to fill her up. Bye, guys. God bless.